Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. change our mindset and we have to think about are we really in sales or are we really in business development business development to me is developing business business owners relationships investors any kind of connection and the subset to that is sales welcome back now i hope you've had a fabulously awesome week so far And if you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with Josh Green from The Mather Group and with Tom Ruich from Story Power Marketing, then do go listen in. But stay here, listen to today's conversation first. I'm really excited today to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest, Kedma O, who's a nationally recognized business development and business funding expert an innovation and entrepreneurship thought leader, an award-winning champion of small business and business advisor for independent investors. She's also a proud fifth-generation entrepreneur whose great-great-grandfather peddled various products across Ireland. She is the author of Target Funding, a proven system to get the money and the resources you need to start or grow your business. Now, today's episode was a little bit different because in our conversation, Kedma unpacked my disk profile and what that means when you're dealing with me. So listen in if you want to deal with me and be successful. She also shared her disk profile and what that means in dealing with her. So you can learn how to deal with Kedma as well. And we talked about sales versus business development. Without further ado, then let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Kedma O. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Portland, Oregon in the USA. Kedma O, who's Vice President of Business Coaching at Automate, Grow, Sell, and also co-host of the live show, Growth Hacks. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Kedma. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. Ramon Ray, who was our guest on episode 417 of the Innova Buzz podcast, suggested that we have a conversation with you, Kedma. I think he's one of your co-hosts on Growth Hacks, and he... Oh, he's really... Yeah, yes. he introduced us. It's delightful. Yes, and we had a great yes. conversation on that episode too. So go back and check that if you haven't heard it yet. Now, Kedney, you help inventors and small businesses, particularly 
with their grants, getting grants and getting funds, but I guess with the pitches and making a presentation that is engaging and compelling. So I'm really curious to explore more about that. But one of the things we're going to be talking about a lot today is disc profiles and um, your disc profile mm -hmm. and my disc profile. <laughs> yes. um, before we start talking yes. about all those things, what, what's the impact you're having in the world today? Wow, that is such a great question. You know, I weave in and out of really helping people remove barriers that usually have something to do with money. You can have a great idea. You could have um, even a great team. You can have the services ready to execute. But if you don't have enough capital to move through business, it becomes very difficult. So and it doesn't necessarily mean that I actually financially benefit from it. You know, going through this pandemic, I can tell you I helped countless people navigate through PPP or the EIDL. And many times it was just a, a karma, a gift to them, you know, because they didn't know about it or they didn't know how to navigate. Um, most recently, I helped someone I connected with three weeks ago who was not in a good financial situation. He was not bankable. I knew he wasn't bankable. In 15 minutes of having his conversation, and he just didn't know what to do. And I said, "Did you go after the second phase of the EIDL?" He said, "Well, no, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it." I said, "Let me help you navigate." I kid you not. Yesterday, he sent an email that he just received over three hundred thousand mm. dollars through the EIDL. As we know, three point seven five percent, and it was—it literally is going to change his life. Is going to change his life. So, you know, when you say what kind of impact am I doing in the world, I'd say one entrepreneur at a time. But I'd love to be ten thousand entrepreneurs at the time. At the ten, at the at the high high level, yes, I do do that. I present. I speak all over the country. I would love to speak all over the world, but with COVID, it's hard. But really, my gift and what I do every day may be one person, but that one person may be impacting hundreds of people in their area in their community, with their employees. So when you ask, you know, what is my influence in the world? It's one at a time multiplied by a hundred. Yeah. That person may be serving or thousands that person may be serving. Hmm. That's amazing. It's, I always remind myself if I've made a change to one person that if I've enabled them to do something in their business or their life that impacts yes. their circle of family, friends, or business associates, then, then I've had a big impact. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So that's my joy, you know, when I get these wonderful, consistent responses. And it just, yeah, it delights me. And I know that I'm on the right path. Mm. All right. Well, one of the things you talked about there in that context was um, the mindset around money, but part of the mindset around money that we had a conversation of a little while ago was selling and and a lot of entrepreneurs that find selling difficult to do because they have this mindset around it's it's kind of this used car salesman hounding people from the lot and chasing them down the street to uh, sell an old bomb that right. they don't really want right. um, and and we had this conversation around different styles and we ended up talking a lot about discs so tell us a little bit more about this whole mindset around money as it applies to sales yeah and 
where this fits in? Well, first of all, I think there is a lot of inherent fear around selling. The comments I hear consistently, I don't want to annoy someone. I don't want to sell someone something they don't need. Uh, I don't want to be rejected. Uh, I don't know how to deal with it if they say no to me. Uh, I mean, fill in the blank. I've heard it. Fill in the blank and I've heard it. And I think what we have to reset in our mind is that we need to be listening more to what the person needs to be supported. And if we study the sales cycle, we all would hope that the sales cycle is an immediate, right? It's like going to the supermarket and everybody wants their sales cycle to be like buying a pack of gum. Mm. Oh, yeah. please, can it not just be buying a pack of gum? It's sitting right there. But that's not the case, right? We don't all have the buying pack of gum kind of sales. You know, it's not always something that's easy to buy low hanging fruit. And so a lot of us have a longer sales cycle. And what we have to be very mindful of is, are we listening to the customer? And what I tell every one of my clients is, you should never be selling to someone who will never be your customer. Hmm. The easiest analogy I tell my clients is this. I am, in full disclosure, I'm a vegetarian. Now, in some parts of the world, that means I only eat chicken. No, I don't eat chicken. As a vegetarian, <laughs> chicken doesn't count. But when I was in Buenos Aires, uh, I was there with my husband. I said, I'm a vegetarian. They said, no problem. We bring you chicken and it'd be good. I'm like, no, no. I mean, no chicken, no chicken, no meat. Now, if I made that statement and you happen to be selling me the best type of steak out there, I don't care how great you are. You're not going to get my sale, right? Mm. And so we have to first make sure that we are aligning to our audience. Second, I really believe in selling. And third, we solve their problem. That's all we're doing. We're solving their problem. Do I make a sale every single time I talk to someone? Absolutely not. Do I make a relationship? Do they trust me? Do they know they can come back to me at any time? Absolutely, yes. I just had a situation to make it real. Maybe for some people in the audience, it's not a big deal, but for others, it is. Um, just um, helped a client in 10 days secure and receive an approval for a $2 million merger and acquisition. That's not a small amount of money for a lot of people. I did everything right. Um, I handled it very efficiently, and I did it even during my off time. But the gentleman called me back and he's like, look, I just got a better offer somewhere else. You know what I said? Congratulations. I'm so excited for you. I want you to do so well. Do you know what he said? I'm so disappointed. I want to work with you, Kedma, so badly. I need to find another merger and acquisition. I swear to God, this is what he said. And I said, mm. you're going to find the right time. I'm not even worried about it. Now. I guess I didn't make a financial sale, but it doesn't matter. I've made a mm, long-term relationship. relationship. Yeah, exactly. So we have to change our mindset and we have to think about, are we really in sales or are we really in business development? Business development to me is developing business, business owners, relationships, investors, any kind of connection. And the subset to that is sales. So that's the first part. And then I'll kind of 
cue into how disc plays a role. But does that does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I like I like you know I've written down as you were talking there. I wrote down relationship first, um, which resonates with me, and it's the way I deal with people. But you know, making that connection that that's actually the selling. That is part. The selling. And, yeah, and you know when when people talk about. Oh, you know the ABC always be closing. Well, right. you know that's it's um it's about the relationship for me, and it's then you know maintaining that relationship and and listening, as you said, listening out for hey, there's an opportunity. I think I can help with that. Right. Um, and and at the same time, also in your example of go over here because exactly that's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for you. And I'm going to change the mindset now for the audience. ABC, always be closing. That's the old way of doing business. Always be connecting is the new way of doing business. Always be connecting, right? And that connection may have nothing to do with business. It may be how are things going for you, you know? And that, that longevity is going to be priceless at every level. And it also would make you stand out. I just, five minutes before you, we, we hopped on, I work with an, uh, you know, one of the top lenders in the country. I work with over 60 lenders, but a new gentleman, uh, came on to support me and I work with another gentleman there. And I immediately said, Oh, wait a minute. Is this the passing of the broker? How, what is going on here? I mean, I'm used to working with Joshua. Okay. And I could, you know, the gentleman starts laughing and he starts saying, but I want to work with you. Now, you have to understand this is a reverse. It's the brokers that are usually begging to work with the lender and the lender said, but I want to work with you. I know you work with Joshua. How can I work with you? I'm like, well, all right, tell me a little bit about what you do at the lending thing. I need to know whether we can have a good connection. But here's what happened. We It was in a joyous, friendly way. And I'm going to teach something to the audience. It's something very, very powerful. Something you've probably never heard. But once I tell you this, you're going to say, wow. Now, this is what I'm going to teach you. In the area of building transparency and communication, and this is something I learned from a top uh, psychologist that actually works with autistic kids, because my son is autistic. And he has this term that he says that in every type of relationship where you're fo forming a bond, a connection, a real alliance, you must have a level of friendly teasing. You must have a level of friendly teasing. Now, friendly teasing does not mean sarcasm. It doesn't mean cutting down. It means truly friendly teasing. It's to play on and tease in such a way that you create this laughter and you open the door for the relationship to happen. I know how to master friendly teasing. It's natural for me. So in that context where I just told you about the lender, when he said, I finally want to work with you, I said, not a problem. You're already in my web. I'm like a really cute spider and you're already in my web. So we're just going to figure out where in my web you're going to help me. Right. And he immediately starts laughing. We have to be willing to invite friendly teasing because it's going to help with the connection, but we have to be appropriate. You know, we're not talking about something that's going to be inappropriate, but to have this friendly teasing opens up a situation where people will let their guards down, they will laugh, 
and then they'll feel more comfortable in trusting you. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's um, it's building that connection quickly, and humor is certainly a quick way to build that connection. But uh, there is there is a bit of a risk if you try to be funny and and right. you, you don't have, have that skill, right? <laughs> you have to be subtle, right? You have to be witty. And that would take practice. You have to be careful how you approach it in a way that doesn't feel, you know, unnatural or in, insulting mm. in any way, which really le leads to, to the disc piece, which is what we were talking about. Hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say that with humor, I mean, my kind of golden rule with humor, and I apply this all the time because I do the humorous speech and i'm not yes. really a comedian or funny so yes. but my golden rule is poke fun at myself always or poke fun at my pets yes or at at some of the wildlife around the place use yeah. stories from that to poke fun at them because yeah. nobody can get offended at that absolutely and and i do do that you know so so one of the things i always lead with is it you know, if you find me online, you're going to see I wear a cape on stage and auto automatically people are laughing. I go, now this is real and they're real capes and they have my initial on it. And then again, it creates this very, like you said, poke, poke at yourself or, 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 or invite something that makes them see you as not just in your role in business, but that you're human. Hmm. Right? That, that there's something in it that 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 makes you human and and that is what helps to bring that connection so let me segue a little um you know and share a little bit from the disc i don't know how many people in your audience are familiar with disc there are multiple personality assessments out there the only counsel i would say is whatever assessment you choose choose that assessment and learn it well because if you're going to send me as a, as a staff member, three, four, five, seven assessments, I'm going to get all confused. Who am I? You know, which assessment are we really looking at? So I, I like to suggest that if you're going to bring it into your, into your onboarding, into your recruiting, into your assessment of, of customers, um, and, and we could do all three because franchises, I can tell you, use personality assessments to determine whether or not they're going to onboard a particular franchisee. Many people don't know that. Um, certainly, um, companies use it to onboard and, and decide where the right person's going to fit. And certainly, there's profiles around customers. So I just say pick the one that's right for your company. Uh, I have been delighted with DISC, and I know I had you do a DISC profile because I was very curious mm. to see yours. And if, you know, with your permission, I would love to go through it a little bit with your audience, talk about that, and invite them to actually take their own DISC profile to see where they land. And really DISC is a way for us to assess how your personality may play out in the business world. It's not an a complete exact, but once I show you, if we get a chance to visually go through it, you will see how closely who you are and how you show up in the business is, is very similar. So it gives me a really good insight into who someone is, and I'm usually on par. I would say I have a 95 to 97% accuracy on who that person is just by reviewing their DISC report. Hmm. Yeah, well, let's do that. And um, just for people listening, I am 
recording this on video as well and i will share the appropriate uh, either video or screenshots whatever we can um, get right from editing mm -hmm. perfect well let me go ahead and share my screen if that works and we'll start with yours first okay first yeah. of all i would love to hear were you surprised did you feel it aligned did you think it was in on par with who you are I was not surprised. You were not surprised. And, and I've, done, I've done discs before. I've done sort of the old classic discs probably going back 15, 20 years in my corporate day. And it was pretty consistent with that. So things uh, that, that perhaps was a bit of a surprise because I would have thought that, you know, given the changes in my life, the, the different roles I now have in business, that perhaps there was a bigger shift than there was, but I wasn't surprised at at where it came out. Yeah, and we think and, and if I look at you know the descriptors of the yeah. styles that I was very low on, I know that I play in those styles mm -hmm. at times mm -hmm. because I feel that's the role I have to take on in business, mm -hmm. and I know that that's when I'm really out of my comfort zone, and I right. feel. I'm so glad you said that because that's what we're going to talk about today. How you're wired is how you're wired, but you can certainly flex to the situation, but it doesn't mean you're going to be comfortable. It's okay. Hold on. It's my little son. He wants to hang out with us, so he's going to hang out with us. So okay, let, me, let me do this. Let me share my screen, um, and I'm going to go to our link. Hold on a minute. Let's see if I can find uh, our area. So one second. Are you able to see this yet or can you just see my face? No, I can see the screen now. You can see discovery report, correct? Yep. Okay, perfect. I can't see you, so uh, we'll just work through and see. So first thing you want to look at and again um this this is i love this this is a six page report if you are going to go on and look at that you don't need to have a 50 page report you know get the the the, the lowest one but certainly it's worth paying um i think this was about 10 or 12 dollars it's worth paying for it because it's going to give you the graphs we look for so this is the first part is well, let me go to here to the top right corner. It's an SC, right? So you hmm. you show up as an S, which we'll explain, and then a C. And this is very important because this can actually determine how I'm going to approach you if you are an employee. It can determine the position I would actually put you in. Uh, it can also determine if you're a customer how I'm going to, um, you know, uh, educate or or sell you. So here, words that describe, without a doubt, the one, the commonality that I see a lot with S's, which is what you lean with. You're very compassionate. You're an excellent listener. You're very sensitive. And you're very much in what we call a supportive role. These are, the S's are usually put in customer service roles, um, nursing, um, anywhere that there's going to be, could be even therapy. Um, certainly people who are doing podcasts, but people who are going to be interfacing over and over and over again with various 
types of personalities and they have to show grace and kindness and be cooperative. These are your these are the people you go to that are that are just going to be great listeners and they're they're not going to stress you out. <laughs> they're going to be more they're going to be your calm souls, okay? So if you look at it, it breaks it down. You know, whenever I think about an S, I think about how supportive they are, honestly. How conscientious. I have an aunt that anytime I'm going through something, I will call her up. Her name is Aunt Rowie. And she's like that. No matter what, she is so caring. She's so supportive. And and there is no concern on, on you know, having to um, defend my position. So the, the S's work very, very well with people. This is, this is just bar none. So teamwork for them, culture, they want harmony. They want to be in a position where there's not a lot of chaos. There's not a lot of drama. There's not a lot of inflexibility. There's not a lot of changes. They want to go with the flow. All right. Now, here's a couple of things I want to just share that's very important. Number one, look at the main motivation. The most important piece is having a supportive role. They want to be supportive. They want to give back. They want to feel supported. They're very, very loyal people. Um, they um, are diligent. They're dependable. They're the ones that are going to show up. If you say it's 8 o'clock in the morning, they're going to show up at 7.15, 7.30. Um, if, it's, they, if you have to work late and everybody's out at 5, they may stay till 5.15, 5.30. They love to be in a team. They don't necessarily need to be leading the team. They don't have to be charging. They just want to be part of that. Um, when when I'm motivating someone like that because they're an S, I will always give them appreciation. I will always give them loyalty and gratitude. I will always remind them how important they are because they need reassurance. So it's very, very important for me to reassure them, to make sure that they, that they know they belong, um, and to let them know that if we are going to do something difficult, they're not alone in doing that. Okay? So um, that's very, very important. Now, um, when they're in any situation where they're being mis misunderstood, that means if you're under pressure, okay, if you're under pressure, it may be perceived to me that you're either detached or um, you, may be, you may be removed or you may be inflexible. Because what, what S's really want to do is they want to make sure they're supporting. But if they don't feel supported, they may back away and they may just like become a recluse. So it's very, very important to keep them involved. Now, look at the interesting thing. The personality styles, we're going to play into this in a minute. You see where it says D, D-I, I-D, and D-I-C? Hmm. These are the styles that you will most relate with. Doesn't mean you can't relate with others. Doesn't mean if others work with you or for you that you can't align. But in the matchmaking of DISC, you do best with D's, D-I, I-D, and D-I-C, okay? And there's mm. probably a good reason, which I'm going to share. Um, <laughs> I'll share that when I show you mine. Now, this graph is so important for the audience to understand. All the way to the left is the environment. This is how you respond to your environment. This is what most likely people will see. 
this can change. This can change based on your environment. Remember how you said you flex, but it may not be it'd be out of character. Remember you said that? Well, you're yeah. right. If I put you in a very stressful situation and I push you into a situation where you have to do things you don't like doing or you don't understand or not un not comfortable, I may see a completely different um, graph than what I see now. But here, it's showing me that you how you. It basically what this is telling me is your current environment style is very close to who you really are. This is very important. This is where you're wild, um, wired. This is the real you. This is where you're really most comfortable. Now look how beautiful this is. For the most part, you are very, very close except the S. See, the real you is really, really more supportive than you actually play out here. The real you um, is probably more sensitive than you want to share with others. The real you is probably, um, you know, uh, more aligned to um, choosing compassionate types of, of situations or programs or even projects than what's happening right now. But for the most part, you're leaning in very closely. For some reason right now, you feel like you have to do a little bit more D. So you have to do a little bit of more outfacing, a little bit more results, a little bit of more get things done. But the real you prefers to be a little bit laid back, which is why I'm going to show you why you work so well with the D's. Um, does this make sense? So I'm going to come over to you right now and ask. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to just pause. So I, I'm going to see if I can just stop sharing for a minute and then I'll go back to. So now I've kind of given a, a, a pulse. If I was going to onboard you in, let's say I had a role for you, I would absolutely put you in a role like director of customer appreciation or happiness ambassador, VP of happiness. And I'm serious. VP of happiness ambassador. Your job is to make sure everyone is happy and everybody is enjoying, um, you know, whether it's in their employee happiness or customer happiness. That's kind of the role I'd probably put you in if I was going to put you in a senior uh, uh, management position. So now that I've kind of given a little bit of, of, of um, you know, analysis, tell me what you think. Mm, no, I, th I think that's um, pretty close to on the money. Yeah. And the I think the environment thing is probably there are things about my personality that I'm still uncomfortable sharing. I'm a lot better than I have been in the past. Um, at the same time, the higher D is probably that you know, drive to get results in the business and, and having to do things that, um, yeah, are more directive around exactly. the business or around um, exactly. how to get things done. Hmm. But it's not your. It's not who how you're truly wired. You are actually flexing in that role. Um, mm. If it was if it was all possible, you'd probably want to go back to how you're truly wired, which is a little bit below what you're doing right now. So you may be mm. out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. In having to to do more of what you're saying. Yes, that's right, and and I feel that. You know, I feel that from time to time that okay, his. I'm I'm being someone slightly different than how I'm wired or how I'm yes. comfortable. Yes. Which, you know, is okay. It's okay. It's um if I'm conscious of that, 
And if, um, yeah, I mean, what I ask myself is how's that serving me and is that the right sure. thing to do right now? Uh, what it means is that um, at the end of the day when I've been like that, I'm much more tired than if I... Of course, I'm... you're exhausted. Exactly. Yeah. So what I would tell you and I would tell anyone else, you can flex, but it's going to be a temporary situation for you. Your body and your mind and who you are and how you're wired will want to continue to revert back to that because that's where your comfort zone is. So you can do that for a period of time. Um, and that period of time can, can be anything from, you know, a couple of hours, a couple of days, a couple of months, maybe a couple of years. But inevitably, you're always going to be going back to who you really are and how you're really mm -hmm. wired. So what we want to do is we want to create situations for you where if you know you're flexing there, maybe we need to bring in someone who's truly comfortable in that space. Mm. And then we align with you. And that's what that's the power of the disc is not to rewire you. Yeah. But to understand how you're wired and then match you to someone who loves being in the places you don't love being. Mm. And and then that makes it. Um, that makes it a true partnership because then you can be who you are and be very well at that because the positions that you do well, you know, at that S or at that C, the, the details, the supportive, that other person may not do it well. And so that is really the clue. So for you, you're right now doing it. I will guarantee you that at some point, as soon as you can, you're going to stop doing that part. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah. Because we, it's very hard to, to, to push ourselves out of what we're not wired to do. It really is. And um, so I'll be curious to know how long you stay in that space. <laughs> <laughs> I will be. Um, let me do this. Let me now give a different perspective and to show the audience and you how it would be and how it would feel if you aligned with someone who was not like you, hmm. who was different to you. And, you know, we think about so many times we want to hire people like us, right? Because we want friends yeah, yeah, like that's us. The, that's right? the danger, isn't it? Isn't that the danger, right? We say, well, hmm. well, we want people like us. We want friends like us. They understand us. But perhaps we don't want that. We don't want to hire someone like us. Because then what we're doing is we're bringing more of our strengths, but then we're also adding more of our challenges. Hmm. Perhaps the invitation is we need someone who's not like us <laughs> so we can balance it. So let me see if I can uh, bring you into my world. Now I'm going to show you my disc. I don't know if you recall with the audience, I said, uh, let's see if we can get it. I'm hoping we can. Let's see. It's not letting me share. That's not fun. Well, let me go to the entire screen and see if it lets me share if I bring it down. One second. Share screen. And if not, I will just verbally share it with you. Okay, here we go. Can you see this? Yep, I can see it now. Okay. What does it say on the very top? Can you see what it says on the very top? D-I-C. 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 So I am a D-I-C. Do you remember that that was one of the ones that you align mm. with? Now, it's pretty uncommon. Most of the time we have only two kind of variations. We have an S-C or a D-C or D-S. But in this case, I actually have three 
And so that's why it's it's DIC. Now I'm going to walk you through how I'm how some of my descriptions. You're going to see immediately there is no sensitivity here. <laughs> there is no kindness here. Right? What do I have? Calculating, results oriented, determined, pioneering, um, persuasive, independent, demanding, right? Just taking your words and my words, just in that you can see there is probably a pretty distinctive shift in how we show up in the world. Hmm. None of it is wrong. So anybody listening right now and thinks, well, an SC is better than a DI and better than a DC. No, it's not. It's whatever you're aligned with and then how you show up in the world. Now, if we look at my strengths, determined, interactive and detailed 1000%. I always say I believe everyone I just like to verify. <laughs> I swear to you, believe everyone I like just like to verify. Um I was just on a call today where someone was offering me an incredible opportunity and I said to him because I'm not an S, you're an S, I'm not an S. And I had to say to him, look, my facial expressions do not currently show that I'm actually interested in this opportunity. However, I will verbally tell you that. But what I need to know is I need to know the details because I'm practical, I'm methodical, and I'm very detail-driven. I had to verbalize that because hmm. I don't have an S in my chart. You're going to see that. I'm very resourceful. Um, now, what helps me? Remember I said the key to making sales is listening, right? Um, yeah. These are things that I've had to work on, right? Um, because there are times where I know what needs to be done, but I need to listen more because I am very fast-paced. I want to get things done. I don't have a lot of patience. But what I've learned is I've been married to my husband for 20 years, as I've learned because he's Canadian. I can do it the Canadian way. So I give people 10 minutes more than I would normally do because I'm East Coast, New York. I go, well, let tell me more. These are things I've had to build in, okay? Um, being more personal, I'm very personal, but I, I, I tend to hurry people, so I have to be mindful of that. Now let's look about my, my, my kind of my motivation. My motivation is very clear. I'm intense. I don't want to be in any opportunity that's not exciting. I like taking risks. Um, I, I like to be sp spontaneous, but I'm also very detailed. I'm very fast paced. For me, if you, if I was coming on board to work with you and your team, you would have to speak my language. You would have to say, Kedma, this is an opportunity that will help you can grow the position or opportunity, or there's going to be challenges in this opportunity. And this could be at any level. But I would need to hear that for me to even be interested. Um, how I am misunderstood, I will tell you right now. If I feel that, let's say someone's working for me, if I feel they're not managing to my expectation, I will go from very sweet, <laughs> <laughs> very, very, um, um, uh, you know, um, how can I say, uh, open to suggestions to immediately a very strong sense of intensity and impulsiveness. This is a habit I have. 
because under stress, I need things done right. And often you'll hear, and, and, and let me just make it clear for anyone listening, the teams I onboard, I onboard for a long time. I have one person who's been working with me for nine years. I keep long-term relationships. But there have been many times where if I come into a situation that I expect them to do something, I expect them to know what needs to be done, and I think something is not right, I will clearly say to them, this needs to be done this way, and this is not open for negotiation. That's, mm -hmm. that's me being very direct and very clear, and I'm not open for a conversation, okay? I'm, not, I'm sharing this not because I want to, you know, everybody's different, but I'm showing you how under stress, my verbiage, my approach, my intensity can go from this to this very quickly. Um, and that's how I'm wired. So I have to work on that sometimes. I have to be aware of that. But notice who I compliment with, right? I do very yeah. well with the S's. Why do I do very well with the S's? Well, welcome to my world. Look at my S. <laughs> Look at this. Do you see any? No, hmm. very little. I'm under the very low. Now, in my current environment, um, I I am always a D. I'm a see. So let's go first. Look at how I'm really wired. I'm truly wired to be very results driven, and everything I do in my life is results driven. So if you come into my world and you see my family, I have three boys. Two are on the autism spectrum. One is not. I have my husband. Everything is wired with with details. Um, the scheduling. Um, if my husband asks me for lunch, I will say you're not on the schedule. Like I am very regimented <laughs> in how I deliver for my family, and that trickles into everything. It trickles into how I work out. It trickles into us going on vacation. So I have to learn sometimes to relinquish that piece. I always have a very high eye um, where, you know, the idea of influencing and supporting people. Um, and it, it's a very part, a big part of who I am. Now here you can see I have a C. This is how I'm wired. I'm right above, right midline, which means I don't need to have all the details, but I need enough details for me to say, okay, we're going to go forward with this. In my current role, I don't need to have that much because I have a lot of people who work with me and for me that cover all those details. So I just need to maybe review a report or I need to you know, determine the next steps. But a lot of that nitty gritty details is already done behind the scenes, okay? However, I will tell you, if you go back here, this is how I prefer to be. I prefer to have more control, and mm. uh, but I don't have so much on the sea that it prevents me from moving forward. Does this give a, a, a better perspective when you look at it from this angle, from this report? Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. And I mean, I think the that last page with those graphs is Huge. really good, um, particularly, I mean, I like the, the split there of how you're wired in mm -hmm. kind of, you know, this is your natural behavior versus yes. how you're behaving in environment. And the other thing, of course, it really highlights, and, and you mentioned this earlier, is, you know, we, and I know back in my corporate day, I, I fell into this trap many times of hiring people that thought like me that 
I mean, you make the mistake. At, on the one level, you want to hire people that are a cultural fit for the organisation, for your right. team. Right. But at the same time, you want complementary skills. So I think that's, exactly. you know, that's the balance you need to find and, and DISC is certainly exactly. a good way to And interesting enough, just in terms of how it fits with my role, um, Brand, uh, in my current role with, with my team, my partner, Brandon Vaughn, he's an IS. He's a very high I, very high S, and I'm a very high, as you can see, DIC. Now, in my role, you know, one of my roles as VP of coaching is I have to sometimes have the tough conversations with people more often than people are aware. And when you're in positions where you have to have very difficult dialogue as part of what you do, you probably want to have a D somewhere. Right. Because otherwise you're not going to be able to comfortably communicate what has to be communicated. If I was a very high S and I was told to do it, I would. But I may text it to someone. <laughs> <laughs> I may say, we need to, um, is there any chance we could have a dialogue about why you're late? I really want to support the fact that you, we want to keep you here, but you've been late. 17 times in the last month, right? I would probably want, you know, I'd probably look towards trying to lessen the blow, but because I'm a high D, I probably would say, hey, um, we need to, please, please put yourself on the schedule. I need to get a 15 minute conversation with you tomorrow. And so even in that approach, my approach would then be, I noticed you've been late for the last three days. Can you give me a valid reason why? Because I don't want to write you up. Hmm. Right Now, you feel the difference? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So even once you know who that person is, you can flex how you communicate to make sure they feel comfortable. Hmm. Yes, I'm just thinking back to the days when um, I was in a position where I did have to actually sack people. And um, I think I probably felt worse at the end <laughs> at the end of that than than they did. Right. Um, but I did I did go through with it, and I did you know I did sort of go into very high D, yes. abandon all the S and the C, right. and said there's no easy way to say this, but we're going to have to let you go. Right. And you can do this. And what that's what I want everyone to know as they're listening and watching. You can flex there but it's not going to feel good for you. And you're going to probably sit on it for a day or two or three days and feel bad. But when I do it, I don't feel bad. Now that's terrible for me to say, but I don't have a high S. I don't have an so I have to flex it. I have to flex it, you know, um, my, but my colleagues know this about me. So they'll say, Oh, Kadma, we got to throw Kadma some empathy over there, you know, Kadma, you know, and, uh, and so, what I try to do is I, again, I flex to that and I, and I really try to be in their shoes. Um, but, but, but the, but the, the wire of who I am is really like, get things done. Why are you complaining? You know, I mean, there, there should be no excuse because that's how I am with myself. Hmm. Right. I, 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 I treat myself at that level. So right or wrong, it's how I'm wired. I'm not going to change who I am, but I can flex just like you flexed when you mm. had to let people go. So my, my, my only wrap up on this part, and then we can kind of continue if you have other questions is 
please, please, please do not hire someone at any significant level of your organization without understanding who they are. And also, you can do this for your customers. You can actually get a better sense of who that customer you're looking for is and really speak to that language. Think about the car dealers. Depending on what kind of car you buy, you may have a different kind of approach on how they sell to you. And that's because they have really mastered the kind of audience and customer looking for. I only drive Volvo XC90. Those are my cars. I like safety. I care about safety. My number one thing in my life is safety. In everything I do, safety is very important for me. So when I walk into those dealerships, if I was to purchase a car, I better have someone who's a high S, high C working with me. They're trying to just give me the eye, the bells and whistles. Oh, look at this fantastic car and look at all. The hmm. That's not going to sell me. If they try to get me to the point and want to get results, on, that's probably not going to sell me. But if they say to me, look, Mrs. O, we know safety is your highest priority. We know because you've told us before, you want to make sure that every part of this vehicle is going to protect you and your family. That that's the number one thing. And here's what we've done. We've added on top of all the airbags, we have a safety button. We have an area you can call for 911. We have an additional protection on the backside. That's what's going to get me to buy. Hmm. Right? So even in the uh, in the customer perspective, I may be wired as a DI, but I may need an SC. Yeah to tell me what I need so I feel comfortable making the making the purchase. Yeah, well, that, that gets into kind of buying strategy and understanding. I guess one of the questions I have related to DISC and, and that topic is um, if, if we first meet someone, let's say we connect with someone who says, hey, I'm interested in, in your service or your product, um, how do we get a sense of their style their profile, oh, it's, so their easy. Character. it's so easy yeah i would i can assess probably in less than three minutes so if we were going to uh what's a product you recently purchased anything any big recent purchase or um anything you've been interested in purchasing how about those yellow those yellow headphones you have going on uh, let's <laughs> let's do that as i purchased I purchased these when I was 16 years old, so that okay. wasn't recent. <laughs> okay, let's let's say you were going to purchase those headphones. Okay, so yeah. I'm, I'm run. So um, you walk into, or you you call me up, or um, let's suppose it's a it's a relationship. You're not doing it online, um, mm. but you notice, you know, I've got all these headsets. Maybe we're at a market, and uh, and you come in, you say, typically you're gonna, I would say, what are you looking for? And you'd be saying, I'm looking for. A headset. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Um, what what are you going to use the headset for? Mm. Well, originally I used it to uh, listen to my stereo music in my room when I was a teenager. Oh, to, fun, uh, fun, fun. Because yeah, because my parents kept telling me to turn the music down. Right. Fun. Well, um, first of all, all of our headsets will allow you to listen to music, so don't worry. We're really good with that. I'm curious to know what kind of music you're listening to, because depending on that, we may want to get you something that 
is um, allows the sound to be more connected to the ear and not for everyone else to hear. So what kind of music are you into? Um, usually folk music and um, classical music. Nice, nice. Very soothing music. I appreciate that. Well, not necessarily always soothing. So like some of the classical ones were like the 1812 Symphony where the canons. Oh, the yes, 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 yeah. yes. Okay. So what's most important in you choosing this? Is Do you have um, certain things you're looking for? Is it price? Is it convenience? Is it comfort? Comfort is a big one and uh, convenience and also quality, um, sound quality. Okay, so what I heard is comfort is a very big one, and then uh, convenience and then sound quality. And is there any price point that would be important? Do we have to stay within a certain price point, or is comfort really most important? At the time I bought these, price probably would have been a big consideration as okay. a student. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of biased because I know, but the fact that you mm. looked at comfort you know, mm. the fact that you chose certain types of music, um, you know, and, and also, you you know, I don't know if this is how you are wired, but you're very soft spoken uh, as we're talking. You're not you're not like loud. And you also um, you listen very well and you're very purposeful, like you're you're not telling me what you want. You're you're allowing me to guide you and make choices. I would not presume you're a D. Hmm. I would not presume. I would have presumed you were an S. If you had asked for more details, I would have leaned into a C. If, remember, I'd asked what you were looking for. You, yes, you yes. would have said, but I want this. I want this kind of yeah. size. And so I would have probably leaned to an S. Now, if I was asking for those earphones, I would have been very different in the approach. If you were the salesperson, let's just do a quick role play. I'm going to walk in. All right. Um, yeah. So you're looking at earphones. What? what um, what what are you looking for specifically there? What kind of absolutely? So I'm really specific. Um, I want earphones that are going to be very comfortable. Um, I'm looking at a price point of under fifty bucks. Um, I want something that has a rating of four stars or more, and if possible, I'd like the color yellow or blue. So what do you have available in those four areas? Hmm. So I'd basically. Right, bring now, those out and go straight to the sale. That's right, because immediately I've I've led, I've told you mm. what I want. I and and I've moved into, you know, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Now you could come back and say, it sounds like you've already figured it out. However, I still want to maybe show you one or two things. And then nine times out of ten, how I sell or how I listen is, I would say, I've already looked at those i'm not interested unless you can convince me that they're better than the four other things that i've already said i'm not interested so i would yeah, close yeah. you i would close that gap not even have you try to sell me that's mm. a that's a very different approach as a customer and that's actually how it i is, yeah. that's how i i usually am as a buyer and a lot of people make the mistake of in that example where you're the buyer and you, you're pretty clear this is what I want yeah. of then giving you song and dance about the benefits of a particular thing or even even the one you're looking for giving you the song and dance about the benefits um not understanding that you've already made up your mind right and when they do that I have to correct them and that's what I do mm. 
I, I will correct them and I will say, I mean, now I'm now now you're gonna see my buying pattern, but if that was the case right now, I would correct them and say, let me be clear, because I've already communicated what I'm looking for. And so then what I've done is I've taken the power position back and I'm very clear um, that this I'm not here to buy what they want, I'm here to buy what I want. The only time I will veer from that is if they say, I absolutely agree with you. This is an excellent product. However, this is something comparable that matches exactly what you're looking for, but it has an additional X, Y, Z, or it's a little mm. lower rate. Then I'll say, tell me more. Yeah. But they have to be okay, able but to they're, ready. Yeah, they're listened, they've listened they to your to, needs. They've had to be able to have listened. They've matched it with, yeah. Correct. Yeah. What I what I see quite a bit. I mean, I've I've been in situations where I've made the decision based because we can research the internet these days, and I, I certainly do go like with this headset today. I would probably go into all the specifications first and get all the technical details, That's your and then and yeah, and then I would possibly go into the shop, go up and say, okay, I want that particular model. And I've had experiences where they've then tried to sell me something else. They've given me song and dance. Here's, here's all the details about this and now compare it with this. And I've done all that. So I, you know, I have walked away from a purchase there and gone and bought it somewhere else, obviously, but they've lost the business because they haven't, they haven't read me. They haven't yeah, right. understood. So Though they actually did read you and what you did, permission to give feedback, you opened the door for them to actually do that because they don't do that with me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what the reason they don't do it is I want to make sure we're very clear here as we talk about personalities. 93% of language is done in nonverbals. 93%. Mm. Only 7% is in verbals. So when I show up, my stance is very direct. I use my hands. I am, my eye contact is very forward. I lower my voice and I'm very, very clear. I have made a position that says, this is what I'm expecting. If I come in laid back, more, you know, open to listening, they may approach that as, okay, I can sell this, this to mm. them. But nine times out of 10, that never happens because of how I, I, you know, because of how my nonverbals are stated. In fact, what normally happens is after the sale happens, they say, I was scared of you. I'm like, why? <laughs> You're so sweet. I hear this often. I hear it from people I'm even hiring. They'll say, I was scared of you in the interview. And I'm like, why? I am very sweet. They're like, Okay, if you want to believe that, that works for me, but that's not what I felt. What they were really reflecting was the nonverbals are very clear and distinct, and mm. it was registering in their mind. And so we want to think about that. So next time you go into your store, flex a little. Give me that D. Seriously, I want to invite a test here. Flex a little. Give me that D. See if there's a change in how they approach you. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, this has been fascinating, Kedmer. I'm just yes. at the clock and yes. realize that we've gone for quite some time. So I feel really privileged. I've had a 
a really full masterclass here. I think what, what we'll wrap this up with the buzz, our innovation round for yes. each episode. I ask the same questions of every guest. And um, the idea is that if if the listeners haven't already taken action from what they've learned so far is that there'll be some more things that they learn that they can take action on today. Okay, sounds great. I'm ready. What's the number one, what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? They have to imagine more. They have to get out of their head and imagine more. Hmm. And what, what do you mean by imagine more? I think that we have lost the art of playfulness and the art of looking at things as magical. My fifth grade teacher wrote in my yearbook, Kedma, I want you to keep believing in fairy tales and leprechauns and magical, magical unicorns. And I found him about five years ago. And I said, Mr. Dixon, I just want you to know, I still believe in fairy tales and, and leprechauns <laughs> and magical unicorns. And I do this now for a living. And um, the, the idea of being delightful and thinking through things that are impossible, um, you know, and just challenging what can be is really the art of, of innovation. So that's what I say to people, get more playful, get more silly, think about the craziest hmm. things that are possible because most of the times that's how inventions are designed. Hmm. Yeah, the, the idea, I like asking the question, what if? Of course. What if, what this? Yes, yeah. yes. Hmm. All right, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Um, honestly, I hang out with my friends that are under the age of 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You know, um, yeah. I have a rule that when I do my keynotes, um, I, before I get on stage, I usually ask my seven or eight year old what they think. If they don't understand my keynote, I have not created a, a, a more powerful keynote. So I, I really look to younger kids because they haven't, you know, been jaded yet. You know, they're, mm. they're still so you know, inquisitive. And, you know, my 10 year old son, you know, the audience doesn't know this now, but he'll say to me, he goes, mom, I just need you to know I'm, I'm a thousand years old and I have a lot of wisdom. And so I will say to him, you know, Marin, I know you have it. So I'll go to him and I'll ask him for wisdom on things. Um, most recently I said to him, Hey, Hey Marin, how, how do you, how do I deal with people who are just bad in the world? They're just bad. Everybody thinks they're bad. The whole world thinks they're bad. I mean, what do we do with those people? And he looked at me with his big brown eyes. He's only 10. He goes, Mom, I'm going to tell you something you don't want to hear. <laughs> bad people are loved by at least one person. You don't like Adolf Hitler, but someone in the world loved him. And so we have to remember that no matter how much someone is hated, one person in the world loves them. Mm. And I did exactly yeah, what you okay. just did. I said, mm. a, thousand, <laughs> a thousand year old wisdom. A thousand year old wisdom. Yeah. Yes. And um, it's amazing, isn't it? When we, I guess we all bury that at some point, right? It's. Um, yes. So you can, you can find that again if you choose to be around younger kids who have not been jaded yet and are still inquisitive and still mindful and still look at things in a different way. So that would be my, my answer. Wonderful. All right. Do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Uh, do I have a favorite resource I use most often? Not really. I mean, like everyone else, I do Google, but my favorite resources is to hyper-focus on people who are experts in the space and just call them up. Mm. 
That's what I do. I don't mess around. If someone's like, let's do crypto. I just call the person I know who knows crypto. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't pay attention to all the, the hype and conversation, but I will zone in and I'll hyper-focus on someone who's a lead expert and then I'll get their counsel. And I do that in every, every aspect of my, my life. Hmm. Yeah, of course, that's, that's um, a really good way of fast-tracking you're learning, yeah, not getting into the detail. And of course, as a high C, I tend to focus on, <laughs> I've got to learn this myself. No, I don't do that. I, I will yeah. hire out brilliant people who know much more than me so I can move mm. through it faster. Yes. Mm. All right. What's the best way to keep a client on track? Well, it depends on what they need to be accountable. Um, for me, you know, um, it depends if they like pain or they like pleasure. And I asked them, what do you prefer, pain or pleasure? If it's pain, um, sometimes if they miss accountability, they have to do something painful. Um, one of the, the hardest lessons one of my clients said, she's like, I like pain. And she says, I don't care if you make me write a check to my competitor. Hmm. I said, I'm not going to make you write a check to your competitor. She said, why not? I said, because that's not pain for you. I said, I'm going to make you write a check to the Ku Klux Klan. She said, that will never happen. I can promise you that. That's what she said to me. It will yeah. never happen. She was so, you could see the steam. <laughs> I said, yeah. so you're going to get, you're going to get it done, right? Oh, you bet I'm going to get it done. You will never see me write a check. But you <laughs> see how quick it was, right? I knew how to mm. get to her. Now, if it's pleasure, then I'm going to hit on pleasure. And I'll say, look, if we meet this accountability, you're going to have a chance to go with your wife to Hawaii. She's been wanting to go for 10 years. How would it feel with the ticket in hand, you hand it to her and say, Merry Christmas, honey, we're going to Hawaii, right? So first we have to find out what motivates them. And then from there, we can hold hmm. them accountable. Hmm. I'm motivated right, by pleasure, right. by the way, just in case you want to know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the first class <laughs> ticket to Hawaii. Yes, class to Hawaii or, or somewhere there. That's I, I'm yeah, motivated yeah. by pleasure, yes. Excellent. It's good to know. All right. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Oh, wow, wow, wow. What's the number one thing people can do to differentiate themselves? They have to have a wow factor, whatever that wow factor is. They, mm. have, to, they have to walk away from someone where someone says, I'm not going to forget that person. And it doesn't mm. have to be something significant. It could be something that just leaves, leaves a memory. So I always tell my clients, um, I don't, I don't want to be remembered because to be remembered means that you have to jot in your mind. You have to create that memory. You have to say, I remember her. I don't want to be remembered. I want to be never forgotten. Hmm. Okay. Never forgotten. You're not jolting the memory. You will never forget me. You will never forget me. So in any kind of situation, if something comes up that resonates, you're like, I need to talk to Kedma. So it's a different it's a different framework. So to never be forgotten is to leave impress someone in such a way where they where where you get you go into the wow factor. And that could be for everyone. Everyone has that. No one else, you know, it's not that someone else is more special than you, but you have to be willing to be vulnerable and transparent for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a I mean, it comes back a lot to self-awareness and knowing, knowing. One thousand percent. Which is, yeah, 
and disc what we've done today. Yes. Help for that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Kedma. This has been absolutely fabulous. Now, where can people reach out and find out more about what you do and connect with yeah. you and maybe reach out and say thanks for what you've shared? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I always honor you. So they can always reach out to you. Um, and uh, any questions they have, I'll be happy to answer. Um, I do a lot on LinkedIn. So if you want to just key in Kedma, if you find another Kedma, you can run. But Kedma O, O-E-D-H. Um, Certainly my first and last name, just kedmao.com, or if you want to just go to my uh, site, Target Funding. Uh, or you can even check out my book on Amazon because I, you know, I spent 15 years studying how to find money, how to find grants, and it took us three years to write the book. So we have over 300 resources. I think, you know, for $25, 300 resources, I mean, it will save you thousands of hours just to understand how to find money. But um, the great news is if people want to find me, they find me. They hound me. Kedma, where are you? <laughs> Kedma, get back to me. <laughs> you know, so uh, so I do make myself available. Um, you know, I am busy. So if you do try and you don't hear me the first time, it doesn't mean I'm ignoring you. It just means I'm probably on a plane somewhere mm -hmm. and I just can't get back to you. All right. Well, that's great. And we'll include all those links in the show notes, of course. Perfect. Now, do you have some parting advice for our listener today? Um, parting advice. Well, I, I want to I wanna leave you with a delightful thought that anything you're going through is just temporary. And we can, you, can always, you can always reshift. I want you to see your life as a canvas. And if you don't like what you're seeing, let's get different paints. Let's get a whole new canvas. Let's get someone to help you paint. You know, sometimes people listen to me and they make these very poor assumptions. They make these assumptions, Kedma, you don't know, or Kedma, you've made it, or, 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 or Kedma, you don't understand how I'm going through. And, and it's very poor assumption because, you know, I would hope that people didn't go through what I went through. I think I've talked about in other podcasts. Um, I will leave you with this. Um, I unfortunately had to leave a at a very young age, a very um, life-threatening scenario. I was in hiding for five years. Um, I, I literally crawled my way out. I didn't have people there, including my family, did not have people there to hand out anything. Everything I've built, I've built on my own. And I don't say this as a badge of honor, but I say that you know, we are resilient as humans, but we also need help. And so if you feel yourself stuck and uncertain and don't know where to go next, just reach out, you know, reach out to you, reach out to me. There's mm. always a way through. There's always a way through so that you can have the best, the best painting of, of, of the life you want. So that's what I would leave the audience with. Yeah, that's a great sentiment. And uh, I really appreciate that. And And the flip side of that, I think, is important, too, which is. Everything is temporary, so if yes. like i'm I'm really loving my life right now, and everything everything's fine, um other than the pandemic, of course, but that too will pass uh, but with that and and thinking that everything that we're going through is temporary, learning to appreciate that more absolutely and taking the time to actually appreciate that because tomorrow might not be as good, yeah. 
Yeah, and being grateful. Anybody who calls me up and says, how are you? I say, I'm always doing great. They always say, why? <laughs> I say, why not? Why not? Hmm. Why not always be great? Why not always see the world as, wow, I woke up. I can breathe. Uh, I have my legs to use. I have my sight to see. And we just don't realize how much we've been given until it's taken hmm. away. Yeah, that's right. So, I would just say live with more gratitude. Excellent. Love it. All right. Who else should I get on this show, Kedma, and why? Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. I have a lot of people I would have to think through. Um, what comes to mind is Scott Duffy. He's a very good friend of mine. Do you know Scott Duffy? No, I don't. Scott Duffy sold his first company to a small um uh, investor, uh, Richard Branson. I don't know if you've heard of Richard mm -hmm. Branson. <laughs> yeah. So Scott Duffy is a change maker, an influencer, a disruptor, and he is on a mission to really change um, how education is being um, considered, um, especially with the pandemic. You're seeing a change in education. Um, more and more people are going online. They're 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 foregoing a lot of the expensive Ivy Leagues, you know, thinking to themselves, mm -hmm. why am I paying fifty thousand a year to be at home to get an Ivy League? And you're seeing other organizations like Microsoft that say, hey, come and get a certificate here. You're guaranteed a job interview. So mm -hmm. he's in that market where he's working with uh, um, very large enterprises to disrupt education, to bring it to the level of not only employees, but customer education. And he's just, he's a delightful soul. Um, he's one of my, my most cherished colleagues. And, uh, I think he would be, uh, he would be very, um, insightful on this, on this podcast. All right. Well, we'll get you to introduce us to Scott and we'll yeah. reach out to him and begin that conversation. Okay. Sounds good. Well, Wonderful. Well, thanks so much, Kedma. I've really enjoyed this. It's been fascinating. It's been a little bit different than a normal podcast because we've kind of shared our inner secrets in some ways and compared notes. <laughs> and hopefully in doing that, given people an insight into the power of DISC and also yes. how to how to use those sort of tools to um, understand other people and work with them whether yes. it's that's in the sale or whether that's within your team when you're working together with them or whether that's in the hiring process yes absolutely and thank you for having me on thanks Kedma I hope you enjoyed that fascinating and delightful conversation with Kedma and took something away from her episode I certainly learned much more about the DISC Profile tool, how to use the information, and how to get a sense of people's drivers when simply listening or interacting with them. I'd love to know what you took away from Kedma's episode. Do leave a comment below the blog post so that we can learn more, and you can find that blog post at innovabiz.co forward slash Kedma O. That is K-E-D-M-A. O-U-G-H, all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Kedma O. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Kedma, as well as links to, to her website, to her social media pages, and to the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. 
Kedma suggested that we have a conversation with Scott Duffy, entrepreneur and author of Breakthrough on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Scott, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Kedma O. And we'd love you to leave a review on this episode because reviews help us know what you like most about the podcast and also help us make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform for reviews. And of course, you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. Very simple to remember links. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including a return appearance by my friend Karan Nijewan, founder of Closed Dream Clients, and another returning guest, another friend, Dr. Catherine Lloyd, to talk about her new book, Seriously Playful Creativity. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.